Welcome everyone to the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Reverend Dr. Van Beek. That's it. A round of applause, everyone. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friend, it is good to be with you again. <clears throat> it's fun to be here, Stephen. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to say that by the end of this podcast again, just so you know that we still had fun the whole way through it. Yes. And we were thinking about our audience the other day. And we thought our audience is, is um, probably mid-level scholars, like like not brand new people, because we say a lot of things that a brand new Christian um, or someone without a biblical background may not get. Yeah. But if they hang in there, they'll get some stuff. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. We're, we're the Thinking Persons podcast. That's what we like to think. <clears throat> That's our story. We're sticking to it. Would you like to come with us on this journey? Come we'll on. Well, journey. <laughs> but we're not, the, we're not the deep thinkers. No, those people are really pedantic and boring. <laughs> oh, oh I, I remember my, my good friend Peter Flint talking about um, the colored scroll. Mm. How one of the scrolls, it was one of the copper scrolls, actually had different color in it. And how exciting that was. And I thought... You are deeper than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you notice the fine inlay on this? No. Well, <laughs> not at all. No. But my friend, never mind that. We're talking about Nehemiah 12 and 13 this week. We are. And I almost said Ezra again. I can't. Well, because they're one book. Ah, uh, see, you're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. Just not right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know a university was running this podcast. <laughs> so you're going to read just 12 verse 1, aren't you? I am. I'm, folks, we're just going to start with just a little introduction, just so Larry can set the, set the tone for us. Yeah. Chapter 12, verse 1. These were the priests and the Levites who returned with Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, and with Joshua. Yeah, so... the interesting that at the very end of the book he goes back to the beginning of Ezra because the beginning of Ezra is is the first <clears throat> migration of the Jewish people over to Jerusalem from Persia mm -hmm. coming back from Persia Zerubbabel actually means um born in Babylon oh okay yeah. cool and they were coming back from Persia and this was about uh, mid 500s you know, 5, 538 in around that area. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Zerubbabel's bringing them back. But by the time we get to the end of this chapter, we're we're running 430s. Mm -hmm. So you've got pretty close, um, around 100 years, that this book is talking about a period of 100 years. Mm -hmm. And when you read it, you feel like, you know, Nehemiah is coming back. He, he's the cupbearer. <coughs> and he's bringing everybody back. And they come back and they build the walls. And, and that kind of stuff. Um, but actually, the entire my, this entire return happened over a really long period of time. Yeah, that, that is such a good point to make because, we, like you said, we do think this is like bang, bang, bang. And we think that all this miraculous stuff is happening one on top of the other. It's actually over yeah. a century. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's such a long time. It's so long that some people think that must be a different Zerubbabel than than the Zerubbabel of five thirties, mm. but but it is it it's it seems that this is the period and and Nehemiah is talking about him and then he's talking about then he comes later on and then and then Ezra comes be, almost before him I think Ezra comes and then Nehemiah comes mm. but they might have come at the same time it's it's kind of hard to follow everything that goes on yeah 
in, in the way that they're coming back. But we do know that it's that if you take the names, you end up in the 430s with yeah. Nehemiah. Okay. Now, some people say, well, the names are all wrong. But but we got we kind of got to stay with what we've got. Yeah. 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 Well, well and, and the Jewish folks treated these things with utmost care, did they not? This is not just something they would just cast like like dice <laughs> they were yeah yeah their their scribes were were super careful and that's remember we talked last week about how they how they knew who the levites were even after even after 70 years of captivity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they still know they still followed the lines of the levites through all of that all of the dispersion into babylon they still knew who the sons of aaron were mm-hmm. and they knew who they were choosing as priests right and um so so yes, they kept they kept meticulous records, and I did not look to see <coughs> what kind of records the um, the Samaritans kept. Mm. I forgot to do that. But um, but anyway, we're we're dealing with these guys, and they kept they kept good records. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then so, he just lists a whole bunch there. Yeah. How far do you want me to skip down? You want me to go all the way to twenty seven? Let's let's just start on twenty seven. Yeah. All right, folks, for those of you who are following along in the NIV, you'll notice that that section says a dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. So verse 27, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to joyfully or to celebrate joyfully with the dedication of song, with dedication. Oh, gosh, I'm having so much trouble to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with music of cymbals, harps and lyres. The musicians were also brought together from the region around Jerusalem, from the villages of the Nephandalite. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, from Bil- <laughs> Beth Gilgal and from the area of Geba and Asmarath, something like that. For the musicians had built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. Like they didn't want to hang around with the rest of the people. Like, no. no. <laughs> the unmusical, we have no time for them. Uh, verse 30. When the priests and the Maybe Levites... people in Jerusalem are saying, I can still hear the bass guitar. <laughs> yeah, get out. A little further. <laughs> when the priests and the Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, uh, they purified the people, the gates and the wall. I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I had also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One of them was to proceed on the top of the wall to the right toward the dung gate. Hashaniah and half the leaders of Judah followed them along with Azarara, a whole bunch of other guys I'm not even going to bother, as well as some of the priests with trumpets and also Zechariah, son of Jonathan, son of Shimea, son of Mathanani, yeah, again, a bunch of other people. Asaph is in there too. Son of Asaph is in there too. We know from the Psalms, and his associates, with musical instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Ezra, the teacher of the law, led the procession. Procession at the fountain gate. They continued directly up the steps of the city David, the city of David, on the ascent to the wall, and passed above the site of David's palace to the water gate on the east. So this is a this is a great big choir though. Like there, yeah. there are a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're doing this majestically, right? This is not a small little ceremony. It's huge. It sounds like it's massive. It's massive. The governor, remember Nehemiah is the governor. Yeah, and um, if he's the one that's pulling all these together, because remember they built the wall. It's funny, eh? like we're talking about a hundred years, but how long was it that they built the wall? 
it was it was within was it 50 days something like that something? Yeah. Yeah. Like within a couple of months, they had all these walls built because yeah. everybody got together. Remember, and they all the different families took on a wall and they built them. And then this is the celebration that he has at the end mm -hmm. with, with all of these. That's the first choir. Now there's an, even another one coming. Yeah. Verse 38. The second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall together with half the people past the tower of the ovens to the broad wall over the gate of Ephraim, the Deshaniah gate, the fish gate. The Tower of Hananel and the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Sheep Gate. At the gate of the guard, they stopped. The two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God. So did I, together with half the officials, as well as the priests, with their trumpets. The choirs sang under the direction of <clears throat> Jezerania, I'm not sure. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. That's fantastic. Because remember when they first built the temple, and this was a long time before they built the walls, mm -hmm. um, um, Ezra dedicated the temple, and they remember the old, old people could, that could still remember the original temple were very upset, and they were weeping and, and mourning. And the younger people that didn't know the other temple were rejoicing. They said the sound mingled together you couldn't tell what was going on mm, mm, mm. because of, because of the mix of sounds now this time everybody's rejoicing they've got the walls are built yeah. and everybody's rejoicing yeah. and remember some of the people have have been brought back into jerusalem they picked um levites and priests from all over the place and brought mm -hmm. them back into jerusalem yeah yeah okay yeah verse 44 then folks at that time men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the contributions first fruits and tithes from the fields around the towns, they were to bring into the storerooms the portions required by the law for the priests and Levites. For Judah was pleased with the ministering priests and Levites. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification, as also did the musicians and gatekeepers, according to the commands of David and his son Solomon. For long ago, in the days of, of David and Asaph, there have been many directors for the musicians and for the songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. So in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all of Israel contributed daily portions for the musicians and the gatekeepers. They also set aside the portion for the other Levites. And the Levites set aside a portion for the descendants of Aaron. Yeah. It's amazing, eh? Um, just, the, just the way they break it all down. And then later on in the New Testament, Jesus says, yeah, this was good. I mean, you should keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then do other more important things as well. But, yeah. Uh, doing this. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nehemiah has his final reforms, and we're out of this book, Stephen. Okay. Folks, now we're in chapter 13, starting at verse 1. On that day, the book of Moses was read aloud in the hearing of, hearing of the people. And there it was found written that no Amorite, Ammonite, or Moabite should ever be admitted to the assembly of God because they have not met because they had not met the Israelites with food and water, but had hired Balaam, Balaam to call a curse down on them. Our God, however, turned a curse into a blessing. When the people heard this law, they excluded from Israel all who are, all who are of foreign descent. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. Um, you remember the story of Balaam, of course. Mm -hmm. Everybody remembers that. The Moabites and the Ammonites were the, um, the, the sons of Lot. 
mm. with his daughters. Right. Yeah. And so they're actually they're actually close relatives of, of the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when the Jewish people were coming through, they, they wouldn't help them. Yeah. I hope I'm saying the right thing here. I think I am. Yeah. And yeah. This, and also this is this is Ruth's family too, right? The Moabites and Yeah. Yeah. Uh before this uh, Yeah, Ruth was a Moabitess, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, good point. Uh verse four. Before this, Al Shabib. Ashib, El Ashib. Yeah. The priest had been put in charge of the storerooms of the house of our God. He was closely associated with Tobiah. Ah, Tobiah, we remember that. Ah, wasn't he the Samaritan? <laughs> yes. And he yes. provided him with a large room formerly used to store grain offerings and incense and temple articles, and also the tithes of grains, new wine, and olive oil prescribed for the Levites, musicians and gatekeepers, as well as the contributions for the priests. But while this was all going on, I was not in Jerusalem, for in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Sometime later, I asked his permission to come back to Jerusalem. When I learned about the evil thing that Elshib had done in providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of God, I was greatly displeased and threw all T Tobiah's household goods out of the room. Get this stuff out of here. <laughs> and I think he, it sounds like he did it personally. Like yeah, it's like, yeah, I've had enough of this. <laughs> yeah. I gave order to orders to purify the rooms, and then I put back into them the equipment of the house of God with the grain offerings and incense. I also learned that the portions assigned to the Levites had not been given to them, and that all the Levites and the musicians responsible for the service had gone back to their own fields. So I rebuked the officials and asked them, why is the house of God neglected? And they called them together and stationed them at their posts. All Judah brought the ties of grain, new it's wine. Kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like, it's such a big thing, the, the whole book about God. He goes away, and the whole thing just falls right apart. <laughs> Moses takes too long in the mountain. They, they make a golden calf, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they are such people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so glad, so glad that we don't forget any of the things we've written in our in the holy book. <laughs> it's it's amazing how how well you and I have held together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. Um, verse twelve. Now, all Judah brought the ties of grain, new wine, and olive oil into the storerooms. I put. <laughs> Shemaliah, or Shem, Shemaiah, Shemaiah, mm. the priest Zadok the scribe, Zadok the scribe, and the Levite named Padiah. Mm. Poor, poor guy. Don't they, don't they use Zadok in one of the movies? Is that in like, um, is Zadok in all that movie about the planet with all the dust and everything? Dune. Is <laughs> that Zadok? I don't know. Oh, I don't know either. Yeah, yeah. I just know Zadok from the, the Psalms, right? It says that in a little text above the Psalms. Sometimes it's Zadok. Oh, okay. Yeah. In charge of the storerooms and made Hanan, son of Zachar. I wish I knew him from the Psalms and not from some <laughs> And Zachar, their assistant, because they were considered trustworthy. They were made responsible for distributing the supplies to their fellow Levites. Remember me in this, my God, and do not blot out why I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its services. In those days, I saw people in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing grain and loading it on donkeys, together with wine, grapes, figs, and all other kinds of loads. 
They were bringing all this into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. Therefore, I warned them against selling food on that day. <clears throat> People from Tyre who lived in Jerusalem were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise and selling them in Jerusalem on the Sabbath and to the people of Judah. I rebuked the nobles of Judah and said to them, What is this wicked thing you are doing, desecrating the Sabbath day? Didn't your ancestors do the same things so that our God brought all this calamity on us and the city? Now you are stirring up more wrath against Israel by des desecrating the Sabbath. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, just how important the Sabbath was to these guys. Um, when you read, uh, remember Chariots of Fire. Mm -hmm. it, that was Sunday, not because Sabbath is, you know, Friday from 6 to Saturday at 6 right. um, p.m. And, um, but, but Chariots of Fire, I think it was Sunday. He wouldn't do anything on a Sunday. Right. And, and later, like in our time, it's not a big deal. No. No. Well, you and I grew up in a time that none of the stores were open on Sunday, and then that changed, and we were like, oh, good, I can buy gas now and <laughs> go to the grocery well, store. My mom, was, my mom was Dutch Reform, and like old old Dutch Reform. Yeah. And we, Lynn and I would go to restaurants on Sunday after church, and she was just uh, horrified at the thought. She said, why would you do that? And we said, well, you know, we're hungry. We're going to a restaurant. <laughs> and she actually made the point. But you're making other people work on this on Sunday then. Mm. I thought, ah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, but just talking about the changing of times. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any great punishment happening to any of us for, for doing stuff on Sunday. Or on, or on Sabbath, for that yeah. matter. Yeah. 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 Uh, verse 19. I hope not, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I ordered the doors to be shut and not opened until the Sabbath was over. I stationed some of my own men at the gates so that no load could be brought in on the Sabbath day. Once or twice, <laughs> once or twice, the merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods spent the night outside Jerusalem. But I warned them and said, why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. Which oh. is fantastic. From yeah. that time on, they, from that time on, they they no longer came to came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember me for this also, my God, and show me mercy according to your great love. Yeah. So I still wonder um, about the guy who said that he was doing this wrong because it sounds like he is doing exactly what God wants him to do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. So I, I may disagree with that other guy, um, the guy who does the Bible thing, yeah. the Bible project. And I love his stuff, love his stuff. But it doesn't seem to me that, that Nehemiah is doing anything wrong. Here. Right. More, and Jesus, okay, Jesus I mean, you get into the New Testament, and Jesus has to clear the temple again. Yeah. Because yeah. they're buying and selling in the temple. Right. And then re, recontextualizes, is that the right word? Yes, I think so recontextualizes the Sabbath for them again too, right? Yes. Yeah. But then, of course, he was he not eating his disciples and, and he were walking along eating bits of grain, yeah. you know. Yeah. In the King James, it says corn, which means grain, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're, you know, if you're an Englishman from the 1600s, you would have understood that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, 23. Moreover, in those days, uh, I saw 
men of Judah who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab, half their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of their other peoples and did not know how to speak the language of Judah. I rebuked them and called down curses on them. Oh my. I beat some of the men and pulled out their hair. Like he is not fooling around. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I'm sure somebody else helped him with this. I don't think he did this. <laughs> it wasn't a big long line. Next. <laughs> Next. I'm gonna pull out. And that, it would be hard to pull out a person's hair. Oh, yeah. I made them take an oath in God's name and said, you are not to give your daughters in marriage to their sons, nor are you to take their daughters in marriage for your sons for yourselves. Was it not because of marriages like these that Solomon, the king of Israel, sinned? Among the many nations, there is no king like them. He was loved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel. But even he was led into sin by foreign women. Must we now hear that you too Probably are Probably doing... the only place you see something bad said about Solomon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we've always known that, remember? Because he yeah. had the um, all the porcupines. <laughs> well, you, what do you have? 300 wives and 700 concubines, right? Yeah, that's all the porcupines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be laughing about that for days. Uh, <laughs> must we now hear, verse 27, must we now... Must we hear now that you too are doing all this terrible wickedness and are being unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? Uh, <clears throat> one of the sons of Jodiah, what of Elshib, the high priest, was the son-in-law to Sanballat the Hornite. Uh, there's that name again. And yes, Sanballat. Yeah. Yeah, and I drove him away from me. Remember then, my God, because they have defiled the priestly office and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. So I purified the priests and the Levites of everything foreign, assigned them duties, each to his own task. I also made provisions for the contributions of wood at designated times and for the first fruits. Remember me with favor, my God. Isn't that a funny thing that he did at the end of this book? Yeah, three times, right? Yeah. He, he said, this is all the very good stuff I had. Am I not a great servant of God? Yeah. And we would say that that's a very terrible thing to do. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet he basically said, God, I did this stuff for you. Yeah. Interesting to me. It, it, it intrigues me. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. we're at the end of the book, right? Now we're at the, at the end of Nehemiah. Yeah. Israel, they, they're back in Jerusalem. Persia is still in charge. <laughs> um, they do not become their own people until... Um, until almost 200 when, with the Maccabean revolt. Right. Because Persia's in charge now. Alexander the Great will, will take over. And then in 323, um, when he dies, then his, um, his generals take over, mm -hmm. which I thought was very simple, but it wasn't. And then after that, then the Maccabeans come in. And they rule, I can't remember how long, about 70 years, I think, mm. or so. Oh, I have to do, I'll have to double check how long they rule. But and one of the things they said is that there was so much stuff going on that people just kind of ignored the Jewish people because they had other things mm. like mm. Um, the Syrians. So the Seleucids were Syrian, and they they had other wars to deal with, other problems. But that could be completely from God that He allowed that. Yeah, yeah. So so they're back in under Nehemiah, but but they're still it's still a Persian nation. Right. 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 So, yeah. yeah. And then how soon do we start hitting the intertestamental books after this? Because really we're heading to the end of 
You know, so Malachi, old... Malachi wrote at this period right now. Okay. He was um, Malachi. So they, they call it the 400 silent years. It's from around um, 400 mm -hmm. down to the time till Jesus comes in 4 BC. And then, and then if you go until the books of the new Testament are written, then that's a little longer again, but Malachi was the last book written. So the Jewish Bible ends with, uh, I think um, it ends with Chronicles. And ours ends with Malachi. So ours ends with with the Protestant Bible ends with with the pointing to Jesus in the future, mm -hmm. I think, and and theirs ends with re-entering the land because that's the important thing. Right. Yeah. But these books are 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 like it's just a super important period. Yeah. Yeah. And they come back, but they they say we're still slaves. We're still slaves under Persia, so they never felt completely free. But they did come back, and, and the Persian king was allowing them to serve God. So they served their God uh, at the will of whoever the ruling nation was. Mm -hmm. So that was then, and then it was Alexander the Great, then it was the Ptolemies and the Seleucids. Then the Maccabees had it for a while, so that was that was straight Jewish control for a little while. Okay. And then it's the Romans right. after that. Yeah. Okay. And Herod. And Herod. Um, who sold himself to the Romans. Right. Yeah, just kind of neat, really. Yeah. Well, folks, there was the book of Nehemiah. Larry so skillfully led us through that and showed that, again, you know, here's God's hand working through history. Here's, the, and it, it does point us to Jesus, right? Because there's the stories of the Sabbath. There's the importance of Jerusalem and the wall and and all the things of how God views this his holy city, his chosen people, their city. Yeah, you sound very American right now, Steve. Almost, almost. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's talking about the Israel, uh, the the Jewish nation, not anything to do with a North American country. <laughs> no, that's right, too. Yeah. Well, folks, Blair, thanks so much for that. That was fantastic, folks. Thanks so much for coming with us. I'm not even sure we really know what we're doing next, but we're going to be doing something next. And when we do something next, we'll do something next. Yeah, we're thinking either either Esther or New Testament. Yeah. But we're, we've, we've got a week to decide. Yeah, tons of time. <laughs> tons of time. <laughs> oh. But until then, folks, until the next time we see you, and that. Thanks again, always, for listening. We do appreciate it so very much. Until then, I was Steve. He was Larry. This was the Apocalypse Podcast. Mm -hmm.